So good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Environmental Social Justice. Today we have a very special guest. We have Nick Cooper and Chris King from Home for a Home. A little bit different than what we usually talk about with energy and climate change. We're talking about social justice and housing. And I became knowledgeable about this group through our very own Joel Vendette, who has been working with these guys for a few years now. So Joel, please take over. This is all about you and your guys. So really, this is going to be mostly about like Nick and Chris, because they are doing some really dope stuff right now. Um, <laughs> I know. Sorry. They know me well enough that yeah. he knows me. That Trying to talk like the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep my finger on the pulse. Um, so I found Home for Home a few years ago because I was looking for an organization to get back to and found you guys online, met with Chris, fell in love with the mission and the work that you guys are doing, which I'm gonna let you go into greater detail about because you'll explain it much better than I will. Um, and so it's just, it's a great organization. The whole premise of today's show is we're at the time of the holidays, everybody's focusing on giving back. And mm -hmm. the work that Home for Home is doing is to really improve people's quality of life and give them safe housing. And there's really not much more that this definitely ties into the premise of the show. Um, because it is social justice and really giving people the security of home and knowing that they have a safe place to go. So I'm going to let Nick and Chris talk about what brought about wanting to do this. And I'm going to let you do that. So whoever wants to go. Sounds <laughs> great. So yeah, so I'm Chris. I'm the executive director of Home for Home. And Nick is the brilliant brains behind this. So he's the founder. So I think the best thing to do is let Nick share about how come and why and what motivated and all that good stuff about how this even got started. Well, that's very sweet of you to say that I'm brilliant. I, I, I don't think anyone's ever called me brilliant before, but thank you. Um, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but really, thank you so much, Wendy and Joel, for having us. We're so honored um, to be a part of your adventure. And it's just amazing how you're using your time and your talents and your network to um, really educate and focus on these important issues. So thank you so much. I'm inspired by what, what you're doing and look forward to watching how it how it grows. So Home for a Home, it, it started, I think it was about 10 years ago, if I remember correctly, which is crazy to think. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, and really it came, the idea came from a, a combination of life experiences. First, growing up, I was raised by a single mom uh, paycheck to paycheck and she did daycare in our home and that's how she paid the bills and she supported my sister and I and um, we had a rental that was below market and the landlord knew my mom's situation and uh, allowed her to run her business out of the house and gave her discounted rent but there was always the possibility um, that the landlord was going to sell he communicated that to us and there was always this looming possibility that we would lose our housing and there was always this fear of how will my mom find a new place to run her business in that community that she could afford and we always knew that it was possible that uh, when the day come that we would have to move out that my mom would have to um, not do her business anymore and that we actually wouldn't live together anymore. That I'd have to go live with my dad. And anyway, really what I'm trying to say is that I did experience in my 
childhood a taste of housing insecurity. And I think that that always really stuck with me as I got older. And then in high school, I was part of a youth group. And every spring break, we would go to Mexico. We would drive across the border and we would help build homes for families uh, that were really typically working in the border factories. And these were really simple homes. Um, and that experience always stuck with me too. That was my first connection with the reality that there are lots of people in this world who don't have a home, who just do not have access to secure housing. So then fast forward to me getting into real estate, I started to experience a certain level of success. And of course that was great, but I, I, I looked forward, I was in my late twenties, early thirties, and I thought, okay, is this all I'm gonna do for the next 30 years is just transaction after transaction. For me personally, I didn't feel uh, that that would really give me the purpose that I was looking for in my career. Um, and that pinging feeling of wanting more purpose in, in what I was doing combined with those life experiences really motivated me to want to do something about the need for housing in the world. And at the same time, I was part of this industry that had great wealth and great resources. And I thought, wow, what if we could tap in to even just a small portion of the resources in this industry and funnel it to people that are in great need. So really for me, I and Chris, I know we have this shared in common. We just believe so strongly in the importance of housing. How can you live a full life? if you don't have a warm, safe place to live, to stay healthy, to get a good night's sleep, to keep your family safe, um, to be a part of a community, that's the base of, a, of a, a full, beautiful life. And everyone deserves that. So that's really what has motivated myself and I know in part, Chris, mm -hmm. uh, to build what we built. That's all. That's all. That's how you got. That's it. <laughs> it <does. laughs> but I mean, it's very true because we talk a lot about things on the show about. I mean, we talk a lot about environmental issues in general, but we've had conversations with local leaders about housing. And right now, Home for Home focuses on building homes in Guatemala. So that's the that is the primary focus right now. Um, but we talk a lot about just the cost of housing here in California or just in the U.S. and it's ridiculous what's happening around here right now. So what was the folk, is that why you're focusing on Guatemala? Because you're able to actually make an impact, a stronger, faster, greater impact. Yeah, that's a great question. I think both of us can respond to that and I'll go first. Just to be clear, our mission is to provide housing for those in need of it. It's not, our, our mission is not specifically Guatemala. Guatemala is, no, it's, I mean, like you said, like that's where we're focusing right now. Right. And that's the only place we have worked. Um, but there's a strong possibility that we'll move into other countries down the road. Um, initially, we looked in Mexico for partners um, because that's where I had experienced building homes and I knew that there was a great need there. Um, 
But we ended up focusing initially on Guatemala and are there right now because number one, there is such a great need. Uh -huh. uh, the level of, of need for housing is just, it's one of the highest and Chris can probably talk a bit more about that. Secondly, we wanted to focus on an area that was close. Africa, there's, there are countries there where there's great need, but we knew that we would be flying there. We thought, let's keep this as close as possible for all the obvious reasons. And then thirdly, the partner. We found a really, or a number of really great partners um, that really fit the kind of partnership that we were looking for, had similar values um, and a similar approach. Now, why did we focus there instead of here? Part of it was the model uh, that realtors and, or rather real estate professionals give a portion of their commissions, as you know, Joel, to fund specific homes. If we were building condos in downtown LA, it would take, you know, multiple careers <laughs> agents to fund a home. So <laughs> we wanted to, we really wanted a model where the members could really feel like they were specifically funding for specific families. Also, I can say that I've, I felt strongly when I was starting the organization that let's help people that are just at the, uh, with the greatest need, right? Like many of the people that we work with, they're living on dirt floors okay. with corn stock walls and maybe a tarp for a roof. And, and it, it varies what, what the materials are, but this is like, you know, barely adequate, not even, ad it's not adequate housing, no. right? And I just felt this isn't right. We have to help people get safe and have a warm place to live. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think we should actually talk a little bit about the model. So the way Home for Home works is it's a group of real estate professionals and it is nationwide, which mm -hmm. I love this. I mean, I've been a member for about three years now. And so to watch the membership keep growing mm -hmm. is, incredible so each each agent we donate a portion back at the after the close of escrow and so that goes into our individual pools so each agent is responsible for raising the funds for a specific home so it's kind of like you said it's it's really beneficial because each agent is now or each participant rather is responsible mm -hmm. for getting this to go forward so you have this sense of pride and accomplishment that you're not just putting something into one general fund and it's being dispersed mm -hmm. you actually get to watch your process happen and it's it's i mean i've done two so far which i think yeah. may not be a ton i know some people have done a lot uh, <laughs> that's great and, but you but i do want to talk about this because chris i just saw a post on instagram that a big milestone has just happened yes a huge one yes so. we've we so in the midst of all this crazy covid and all the challenges i set a goal for us this year to hit our 400th home and, I, and we did, we've, we've actually passed it by. So now we've funded 406 homes as of today. That's so it's pretty wild. So wild. yeah. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. And it really is unbelievably life-changing for these families. Um, yeah. When you, when you look at us, uh, I'm going to nerd out on you guys. I'll be the nerdy stat person here. But like when you look at like, you know, where in the world are, do people have inadequate housing? Like, you know, and like 
there's different levels like adequate, like whatever. And then there's like urgent action is needed in these places to deal with housing. So in our, in our hemisphere, in the Western hemisphere, it's like Haiti's number one, Guatemala is number two. So it's, you know, like Nick was saying, it's, 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 yeah, the, the, the inadequacy of housing is unbelievable. Um, and when over half of the population in Guatemala lives below the international poverty line, like how will they ever be able to even put in a concrete floor? And so, you know, it's huge. And, and the houses right now that we're building are $3,100. That's what it is to, to build a house for a family. So it's, it's simple, it's, but they get a water filter that gives them clean water, an efficient wood-burning stove, uh, hugely life-changing. I mean, a lot of the homes, I mean, so basically Nick described what they're coming from, which is you've got the mm -hmm. dirt floors and you have barely a wall. Mm -hmm. And so what are the homes like that they're receiving? Right. So their concrete block, which is like, if you, I mean, it is like the dream for, for the families we're working with. If you ask them what they want, they want a block home. That's their dream home is to have a house made out of concrete block. And of course it is, Guatemala has earthquakes like us. So they're, you know, rebar, reinforced, all that good stuff. Um, I mean, Nick will tell you one of the first houses he ever built, the mom was like, the thing she was most grateful for, a door that locked. It's like, there are literally houses we go to and it is a blanket is their door. Like, how do you even the few things that are of value, like how do you even go leave to go to work and not expect everything to be stolen or gone? You know, it's just the lack of security is huge. So, yeah, to have a window and door that locks, that keeps the cold out, because even in a place that you think of Guatemala being tropical, like up in the highlands, it gets really cold at night. So <laughs> it's kind of shocking. So, um have you gone back what's been the response for like the i'm assuming still in touch with like the first homes ever built and oh so yeah how what's been how has this impacted their life like i mean oh man it's it's gosh it's there are so many different ways i mean for some people it's like even though they have public school you still have to pay for your kids to go to school so if like for instance, like even getting the stove, like they save so much money on the wood. And then that gets into environmental stuff too, by the way, this does tap into it because Guatemala has one of the worst rates of like air pollution in Central America. And a lot of it is because they burn, like they cook over open fires. So we, we try to get the families these highly efficient wood burning stoves, which reduces the, like, I think the smoke particles by like 98% or something huge. It's amazing. They save a ton of money on wood, so they're they have more resources. They can, you know, whether it's they can buy better food for their family, so their kids are healthier, or actually pay for more kids to go to school. Like those are huge changes, and there is it's more in the U.S. But research, and this is really good stuff for you guys as you guys talk about housing in the U.S. But there's there's solid research about just like the impact that like secure housing has on a child's education. There's a direct correlation and definitely our stories are more, you know, circumstantial and like anecdotal, but like, you know, when you go from being the kid that lives on a dirt floor to a nice house and you go to school and you're not as sturdy, you've had a better night's sleep because you weren't awake all night because you were cold, like 
yeah, you're going to, you're going to see a huge increase in, in kids' education. Well, I imagine it's also just about showing people that the world actually cares about you. Oh, and want you yes. to do better. And I cannot imagine that the yeah. impact that that has on the parents, because like you said, they're able to lock the door now. So mm-hmm. it's like your most prized possession is your family. Mm-hmm. So you now get to keep them secure. Well, so, you know, so you're able to work, you're able to provide for your family at which yeah. point in time you get the security, which provides you, mm-hmm. you know, the social aspect of it, which gives everybody, tries to give everybody at least a, some sort of a level to start on. And I oh, think that's really the foundation of the whole project here is to give people an opportunity just to live and not feel like you're getting by all the time at best. Oh, totally. Well, and this is like a not fun, nerdy statistic, but I mean, Guatemala has one of the highest rates of violence against women in the world. I don't, I, I, I have friends that work directly with this, but I mean, to be a single mom and be able to lock your door and be safe from whoever is out for you. I mean, that's huge too. And these are things that we don't think about because yeah. mm-hmm. you know, we have other, I mean, mind you, that's not to say that we don't have our own issues <laughs> yeah. because we do, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, for $3,100, the impact that you can make on somebody's life, it's like, we mm-hmm. don't. I think that's a number that we don't think is possible mm-hmm. here in the States, that that mm-hmm. number, I mean, yeah. it will, but it's not going to be a life-changing. Uh-huh. To add to that, you know, when you guys are talking about children specifically, uh-huh. um, just to jump in, the social justice aspect and giving someone a safe home where they can feel safe, where they can go to school, where they can protect their belongings, to me, the largest aspect is their psychological development. If you're a child living in fear, who's always cold, who's developing anxiety, that will only progress through adulthood and be mm-hmm. crippling at times. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that you guys are doing this because you are it's not just a moment in time you're helping, you're helping someone's entire lifespan going mm-hmm. forward and able to grow and get educated and go to school and go to work and then build mm-hmm. on that. So it's it, again, it's not, you know, you guys aren't just doing a house. Mm-hmm. You're doing right. a lifestyle change. Right. No pressure. I was just going to say too, like, you know, over the years of going down and networking and, you know, one of the things I will say, and it can probably back this up, but like our experience in Guatemala with other nonprofits is there is more of a sense of like working together as opposed to being like competitive. Because I think there's so many needs like it. I love it. Like I just, you know, other, other organizations, whether they're, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, the overwhelming need to focus on healthcare. And so this is the other thing about Guatemala is like a lot of the families, like Spanish isn't even their first language. So can you imagine trying to go in and like get birth control and you, you don't even speak Spanish. Like, so for there to be organizations that are providing healthcare in their native Mayan tongues, like huge, hugely helpful. Um, and then, yeah, like I was saying earlier, like there's organizations working on, on the issues around women's, you know, <laughs> violence and all of that, like safety in that regard. Um, yeah, huge stuff with all that, like really good stuff, focus on girls' education and all these things. We've been working um, in the past year. We have had a couple little pilot projects we did with the organization called Global Communities. And they, they do amazing work out in Huehuetenango, which is on the border of Mexico. So you can imagine the layers of issues in that region. <laughs> it's 
like, first of all, it's a place that has had severe drought. And then when it rains, they have severe flooding. Yeah. We know about this in California. Um, <laughs> and then you have all the migration issues that back up there at the border of Mexico. And so we've been working with them doing some housing and in turn, some of the programs they're doing are a lot of like sanitation, the hygiene, you know, all the wash stuff, um, doing some um, microloans for women. Um, and then also they had a grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture and we're working on some farming. Like, OK, how do we build more drought tolerant crops? How do we deal with like kind of how it gets so chilly in the winter and then so crazy hot in this, you know, the more extreme weather and through that and building some of the homes, like some of the families, even though like when you look at the research right now, like compared to before COVID, like the numbers were going down with people feeling like my only option is to migrate. Now it's trending back up because of COVID. But yeah. with this project we did, like the families, they'll say like, you know, I felt like my only option was going to be to make that crazy trip north. And they're like, now I feel like I have solutions that I don't need to. I have a solid, safe place to stay. I'm getting help to figure out how to live my life here. And people don't want to leave. You know, but if they feel like they have a safe, secure place with good support to stay and a way to, you know, feed their family, literally, like it makes a big difference. So that collaboration, I love. I just I've loved that. And maintaining a community and a family mm -hmm. and ancestral homes. I mean, that's huge for a lot yes. of communities that mm -hmm. picking up and leaving is not a great option. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Nick, did you think. Where did you did you envision that in ten years' time that you would have done had all these different people joining this organization surpassed four hundred homes working on all these other projects? Did you ever anticipate Home for Home growing to this level, or did you just know Chris was going to do it? No. <laughs> or did what? Or did you just know Chris is like, eh, Chris will run. Chris has got this. <laughs> Some of that. <laughs> we make a good team. That's for sure. We do. We've yeah. It's been an amazing journey, and yeah, the relationship that Chris and I have. I mean, I I know she agrees. We'll never have one like it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just to to create something together like this and everything that comes with it. Um, no, no, I did not. Um, I mean, really, I was just gonna do it myself. I'm a realtor. I still am. And I was just going to donate on every transaction and do it myself. And then I had a couple of friends at the time who were like, who said, or encouraged me to consider uh, involving other people. And I thought, oh, well, that's a good idea. Now, I had no idea <laughs> what would, you know, go into starting a nonprofit um, and what it would lead to. No, but it was one of those. And it still is one of those things in life where you just know you're supposed to do it, right? Like, Wendy, it's probably for you starting this show. You're, you probably are like, why am I doing this sometimes, right? But it like, started as a hobby. It was a, it was just a hobby during COVID, and it touched it touched a lot of people. It, it resonated, yeah. So you know that you're on the right path. And Joel, for you too, right? Like joining Home for Home and other parts of your life that you think, why did I do this? So for me, it was just this thing very deep down inside that I knew I needed to do. And that's continued to, 
to drive me. And it's been such an amazing journey. It's given my life so much purpose. I've made so many friends. Um, but I think it really comes down to stepping back and thinking about what is the purpose of my life and what do I want to use my life and my crazy amounts of privilege in this world for. And for me, this is one of the, the ways that I'm responding to it. Um, and, you know, when you go to Guatemala and you see the the families receiving the homes and seeing their situations before, because we meet families too when we go who are wanting to receive a home. Um, and you just see the great need. It's overwhelming. It's really overwhelming. And one of the issues that we've had over the years, and one of the things that's just been interesting to see is the disconnect that people here have with this issue. And I think a lot of the reason is because you can't even wrap your head around it unless you've experienced it or really connected with it in, in a real way in person, it can be very hard to connect with it. Very true. Very so true. 10 years in, we're over 400 homes and all the different programs. Let's just, let's just throw this one out there. Where do you want to be in the next 10 years? Uh, no pressure. Well, you know, I, oh my gosh. Yeah. We, we would love to continue to expand. Um, so one big thing that we'll be looking to do in the next next year actually is just looking at different opportunities for people who are in real estate to get involved so that's that's a huge part of it because we've it's just been so neat just to see like how that well we're here in the bay area right and so you know it's it's like just whether it's different realtors clients our friends our own networks like how people have really gotten behind this and just realizing like there's so much more we can do um so yeah, I think I think figuring out how do we can continue to to leverage this for good, and then I think just yeah, increasing our impact with our partnerships and just looking for good. I think that's the key, really, is like who are we partnering with that are there on the ground, with you know that that give the families beyond just the house. And I think that's what I'm excited to do is to really see like how can we grow more of these partnerships so that we're making the biggest impact possible. So that's it. what I'm excited about for sure. And I love that because it's not just about providing a home. It's mm -hmm. actually about like once you've got the home, what are we doing next? Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the beautiful things is that mm -hmm. you're not just you don't just go there and build and be like peace, we got the house, we're out. It really <laughs> is about like you got this. Uh -huh. that's and that's yeah. that's the part that I think kind of gets people. I'm sorry, I was going to say, how can people find you so they can donate to this cause and help and get yes. that up to 800? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's homeforahome.org. That's easy. <laughs> and hey, here, I'll throw this out for all of those who, who love Joel. If you make a donation, put Joel in the tagline and we'll get his home finished. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, no pressure. We can get our third one done. That's no right. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's definitely do it. And that's the thing. It's like if people want to contribute, go to the website. You're mm -hmm. contributing directly to the very specific funds that are set mm -hmm. up per person. So mm -hmm. 
find the name, you'll see their calls on there, make the donation mm-hmm. online. It is super easy. Yeah. And you get to really impact somebody's life. Yeah. And you're giving them the chance to have to grow. And it's not just mm-hmm. them now, it's the generations to come afterwards. And knowing that the smallest donation can really make the biggest impact on people. And I think that's yeah. incredible to do. Um, so I want to say thank you guys for coming on. I thank love you. what you're doing. I'm so glad to be a member of this and to get to know you guys, you know, both of you. So this is just one question I forgot is how do you two know each other? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> we met through mutual friends and then Nick was, Nick was, uh, someone that I really, I, I like met him. I was like, I like this guy. I want to hang out with him more. <laughs> um, and we did. And then I, crazy, crazy times in 2010. At the time I was working, I was working in an architecture firm. Um, and it was just so happened to work out that I was like, I think I can get a house now. And so Nick, I asked Nick to be my realtor and he helped us find a little condo here in San Francisco back in 2010, which talk about sustainability, like, oh my goodness, after everything and, you know, making a switch from, you know, to nonprofit and everything, like, it's all totally worth it. But like having the security of my housing in San Francisco with this to see what's happened since 2010, like, yeah, yeah, it's amazing that it's part of what's enabled me to do this, which is huge. So yeah. And it it definitely helped that we had that kind of working relationship to to do home for home. It's like, I know I, you can't work with any friend, (laughs) just any friend. (laughs) 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 But Nick was one, I was like, we can do this. That's well, awesome. thank you. Thank you guys both. This has been a wonderful show. Um, so you. for everybody out there, they're not just building a house, they're changing people's lives. So please go to homeforhome.org. Nick, Chris, thank you so much. Um, keep doing what you're doing. You're changing thank lives. You. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, guys. Take care, guys. Bye.